Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman, the Intuitive RD. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. My mission is to help women recover from diet culture and heal their relationship to food and body. Follow along as I speak with leading professionals in the field and explore concepts of intuitive eating, health at every size, and body liberation. Hey guys, welcome to episode 41 of Intuitive Bites podcast. For the show today, I'm chatting with Nicola Salmon, who you may know on Instagram as Fat Positive Fertility. And we are talking about fertility when you're in a fat body. And we're going to talk about, you know, some of the experiences of people in larger bodies in the, you know, the medical system, uh, when they're trying to get pregnant, some of the misconceptions around fertility in a larger body. Um, So we really unpack a lot of stuff that hasn't really been spoken about yet on, on this podcast. So I'm excited to share this with you. I definitely learned a lot from Nicola And make sure you check out all the resources that she shared at the end of the episode uh, because she has some free things to offer. She has a book that she recently published. Um, She has her own, you know, coaching clients that she takes on. So if this message resonates with you and um, you're interested in learning more from her, I highly, highly recommend that those resources. I also wanted to mention to you guys that Brie Campos and I have transitioned our intuitive eating and body image workshop to a virtual format. So it is next weekend, July 20th, Saturday, July 20th, from 8.30 to 11.30 a.m. Eastern time. And yeah, anyone can join now because it's virtual. Um, we, we heard a lot of feedback from people that were in more remote areas or were not near New York City that they really wanted to attend the event. So we took that, that feedback and we brought it online. So if you want to register for the virtual event, you can go to the, my Instagram page, um, at the intuitive underscore RD, click the link in my bio. And it's the first link will bring you to the registration page for the intuitive eating and body image workshop. We have reduced the price because it's virtual. So, um, it's $99 right now, which is, um, a lot less than it originally was when it, you know, as a live event. So definitely check that out. If you're interested at all, we're going to be talking about the intuitive eating principles, how you can really apply them. You know, some of the difficulties of starting this intuitive eating journey and things that come up. And we're also going to be doing a lot of work around body image. So Brie is going to be, you know, giving some prompts and giving some exercises and things that will really help you to start healing your relationship to your body as well. Um, So it's going to be a lot of information that's super, super helpful packed into those three hours. Uh, So sign up if you are interested in that. And then the last thing I want to mention is really, really cool. So one of my followers reached out and recommended that I give away some of my Diet Culture is a Liar stickers to podcast listeners. So what I want to do is I'm going to look out for any podcast reviews that come through a week from when I release this episode. So if you go write a review right now, you'll be included in the in this kind of giveaway. Um and I'm just going to choose one of the, the listeners that leaves a review in the next week, and you will get a free Diet Culture is a Liar sticker. Um, if you haven't already seen those stickers, you can see them on my page. They're on one of my highlights, um, but it's basically what it sounds like. So um, definitely leave her a podcast review if you have a moment and you want to enter that. Um, 
yeah, that's all I have for you guys. So I want to um, go ahead and jump into this conversation with Nicola now. All right, Nicola, we are ready to go. I'm so excited to have you here. I would love if you just took a minute or two here to introduce yourself, what you do, and kind of like how you got into your particular niche that you're in. Mm, Thank you. I'd love to. So my name is Nicola Salmon. I'm a fat positive fertility coach. And what that means is that I support fat women on their journey to getting pregnant. Um, I also do some work around changing the way that our healthcare system supports fat women and really looking how we can support them in a more positive way. Because at the moment, so many fat women experience so much bias and negativity when they want to get pregnant. And yeah, I really want to change that. So how I got into it is quite a long story, but I'll try and keep it short. Um, I was diagnosed with PCOS when I was 16. Mm. um, And I was told by my doctor that I wouldn't be able to have kids. Um, spoiler, I did, I did get pregnant really quickly with both my boys and that really got me thinking about, um, why we believe this and why we're told that fat women really struggle to get pregnant. Um, I was kind of yo-yo dieting my whole life. I was in a bigger body told that, um, I needed to lose weight, the whole kind of typical yo-yo dieting, um, journey. But in the end, once I'd had my children, once I'd had my boys, that was what really sparked me to kind of look at food in a different way. So I started to really realize that I didn't want to pass on my issues around food and my body to my children. And that's really what triggered me to really try and find a different way of relating to food, to thinking about food rather than just how I'm going to lose weight. And, you know, food pretty much took over my whole life for a lot of my twenties. So it was so freeing to finally find a different way of thinking about food um, that wasn't just revolved around weight loss. So that was my kind of journey into finding the health at every size movement, finding the intuitive eating movement. And yeah, it really just transformed my whole life. Yeah, that's so, that's so interesting. I feel like I have so much I could, I could respond to. <laughs> that's, that's so interesting. Do you feel like, like was your experience that you um, kind of got to this place where you're like, I don't like the way that I'm, relating to food and taking care of myself and then you found health at every size or like did something did you find something that that kind of sparked your journey I'm just kind of curious mm, so I I made kind of once my son was really young I really made a commitment to myself but I didn't want to diet anymore and I didn't want to weigh myself anymore and that was my trigger to finding then <clears throat> excuse me a different way of thinking about my health and that's when I kind of fell down the rabbit hole of Instagram and finding the um, health at every size movement and that's just kind of and then it just exploded and I found this whole incredible community um, of people doing this work and I was just like oh blown away I just wish I'd found it sooner yeah I feel like that's so such a common response and then I also think that there's also a common response sometimes depending where people are at that where they're like very overwhelmed by <laughs> yes. all the things too, which I think is interesting. All the resources and like, just like, I mean, I think it's, it's unsettling or like, it's, um, you know, you're like a fish out of water when you start learning about this stuff. I felt like, you know, I was doing everything wrong and it, you know, at the start mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm never going to get it. But you know, there are so many incredible people out there sharing their work and sharing resources and just you know being gentle and kind because we are unlearning so much diet culture stuff from like every area of our lives that 
you know, it's bound to take a long time to kind of unpeel all those layers. And I think, yeah, just being kind to yourself is a really good place to start. Oh, yes. Always, always. <laughs> That's like my go-to. <laughs> like if, if you're stressed out, like find some, just like, yeah, channels a little bit of compassion, whatever that looks like for you. That's a great place to like start if you don't know where else to go. So I love that. So I would love to dive in and ask you kind of a very general question, but I'm just curious to get your thoughts. And that's like, what are some of the experiences of a fat person, you know, who is trying to get pregnant or maybe, maybe is struggling to get pregnant? Like, what are some of the experiences they have within the medical system as it is right now? So the most common story that I hear is that they go and see their doctor, either they've been trying for a while and some nothing's happened or they're kind of um, worried about how their weight is going to affect their chances of conceiving because it's quite a, a common idea. I think that people with bigger bodies do struggle to get pregnant and they're just, they go to see their doctor and they're dismissed instantly. And they're said, um, well, you know, if you're having problems, it's to do with your weight. It's all about your weight. Um, go away, lose weight and come back to me in six months, a year. And then I'll be able to help you. There's no investigations. There's no offer of support of how that might look, you know, what that would look like for them. Yeah. It's just turned away, lose weight and come back, which is so demoralizing for people. It's so it really puts the responsibility firmly on their shoulders that it's their fault that they can't get pregnant and they just go away feeling utterly ashamed, utterly um, judged by their practitioner. And yeah, it kind of really can spiral quite quickly into kind of bouts of depression and anxiety around this because it can be such a negative experience. Yeah. It's, it's so wild to me. Like even, if we don't even bring up the numbers of like the mm. amount of people who fail intentional weight loss, like regardless of the numbers, like, you know, we know from just like, even just anecdotal experience, like that obviously the vast majority of people who are going out to, you know, try to lose weight because their doctor told them to, or they heard it from a friend they should, or, you know, whatever. Um, or just because the culture around us in general t- tells them that that's what they should do. Like, um, I'm totally rambling at this point, so I don't even know what, what I was <laughs> but essentially like we know the vast majority of those people, you know, regain weight, either they, yeah. they can't lose or they regain it. And that's a really harmful experience on both a physical level because of that weight cycling that happens mm-hmm. and that causes stress and, you know, um, all sorts of different things. And also on a mental level, because it's like, okay, I, I was able to lose weight, but then I failed and regained it. So it's like, there's this both physical and mental thing. And so just when you're talking about how many people experience going to the doctor you know, trying to get some guidance on getting pregnant or whatever. And they're just literally told like, Oh, come back in six months or a year when you've lost weight. Like it just is mind boggling how unhelpful that advice is. Mm. And it's not based on any evidence. There's no, there's no research out there that shows that if you lose X number of pounds, then your fertility will increase by X amount. There's nothing out there. It's just, you know, it's not an evidence-based approach to supporting these women. And I think that it's just lazy medicine. It's just, it's not acceptable for these women to have to put up with that and to be treated that way. Absolutely. So that, that kind of leads me to a ne- my next question. And I'm curious what your insight on, is on this. Like, what are, I mean, you, you've already kind of spoken to some of it, but like, what are some of the common misconceptions about fertility in a fat body? It sounds like, you know, from what I'm hearing from you, like there's this 
huge idea that, you know, like people who in fat bodies are going to have trouble, you know, getting pregnant and they just have to be smaller and that's the only thing they can do. Like, so what are these misconceptions? So, yeah. So the first huge one is that, you know, being in a bigger body is bad for trying to get pregnant. And this is a belief that so many people that I work with have that they physically believe that they cannot get pregnant in their body size. Um, and it's just not true because for so many, you know, thousands and thousands of years, people in bigger bodies have had healthy pregnancies and healthy children. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a huge um, misconception that you're going to have risks um, and you're going to have problems in your pregnancy once you do get pregnant. Um, there, the, I mean, there are risks associated with being in a body and being preg- a bigger, sorry, being in a bigger body and being pregnant. But um, a lot of those risks are overstated by the media. So they'll kind of really catastrophize it and make it sound like this huge increase in risk when actually it's just a couple more people per thousand. And of course, we want to reduce risks as much as possible. But a lot of the research looking into these risks doesn't account for weight cycling, doesn't account for weight bias. And those are two huge, really important things that we know affect health in bigger bodies. So I think it's, you know there are things that we can do to reduce those risks in patients if they're treated with um, respect and appropriately as they should be. Yeah. That was the first thing that came to my mind. Exactly. Nicola was like, I wonder, you know, if people, if someone who's had all these negative experiences with medical care and the medical system gets pregnant or whatever. And then, you know, of course, like I would just imagine that they would be less likely to, you know, go to all of their checkups and things like Mm. that. Just things, you know, things that could contribute to higher risk in and of itself. And that, that is where, like, I just like to kind of lay that out for people because I think it can be kind of vague when we're just like, oh, like weight stigma increases it. But like, this is like, actually like people are not getting like the care that they deserve because of weight stigma. And that is decreasing their health. That is impacting their health in a negative way. Um, So yeah. Yeah, And there was research that showed that people in bigger bodies got, shorter appointments um for their health care when they were pregnant and they got less support they got less advice and it's just you know this is purely based on you know somebody's body it's not based on any kind of health risk or any kind of meaningful data so it's just shocking that they're getting a poorer quality of health care based on their size yeah absolutely crazy so so how if somebody's you know somebody's listening to this and I know you work with a lot of clients that have these concerns but like mm-hmm. if someone's listening and they and they are like okay so I, I don't know so apparently <laughs> I, uh, I don't have to like it's not like okay I'm in a bigger body therefore I can't get pregnant okay so how can that person if they've been struggling to get pregnant like what are some ways that they can start to support their fertility without actively trying to change the size of their body? So I think the really important thing is to look at the bigger picture. So looking at, you know, really when you look at your health without kind of weight loss being your main goal, what is it about your health and well-being that's your priority? You know, what is it that you really want to focus on? Where is your body struggling or you know looking at the real bigger picture here not just at what your reproductive organs and your hormones are doing because so often we kind of really can't compartmentalize our health into okay well this is what my hormones are doing and this is what you know x y and z is doing but our body is one whole thing and we have to take into account everything that's going on both internally and externally you know like what the stress is going on in your life what do your relationships look like what's your mental health doing and all those things play a big part so it's 
it's really looking at the bigger picture and figuring out you know what's really important to you about your health and well-being and prioritizing that and working on that rather than looking at kind of weight loss and focusing on you know being really specific about nutrition because we're you know in the fertility world especially there's such a huge focus on controlling what you eat and cutting out particular food groups and cutting Mm. out this and and eating this and you know that can just further um intensify disordered eating that people might be experiencing already and just further makes it it just makes it more difficult for people to have a really good relationship around food. So I think taking that away and looking at other ways that people can control their health and look at their health and improve their health is really important. Yeah. I think it's like, so kind of ironic that like when we stop placing like weight loss and like changing the size of our body on like on the, on a pedestal or like as like the primary focus, like the irony is that we start to actually be able to take care of ourselves through behaviors that are supportive to our values and our health and like all the things. But it's like when we're so laser focused on weight loss and changing the size of our body, um, we end up a lot of times people end up in these disordered, you know, (laughs) these disordered Mm. behaviors that harm their health um so it's just really hard sometimes to make that transition in in perspective but um yeah i think that by changing the focus to to behaviors people are often a lot better off and and it's going to be kind of naturally more sustainable because it's rooted in something that means something to them that's it it's something that's important to them and something that they can you know really feel the benefit of because I mean, yeah, if you lose weight, you'll feel benefits, but not in a positive way. Like often the benefits are you can fit in a world that's made for smaller bodies. It's not exactly. not like something that is you know, really bringing a lot of joy and love to your life. It's all about, you know, kind of fitting in and, you know, maybe you can sit in a seat that maybe you couldn't fit into before and wear size smaller clothes. But again, that's the way the world's set up for smaller bodies. It's not... It's not a negative about your larger body. So it's, yeah, yeah. it's really important for them to be able to find, yeah, meaningful things about their health that are important to them. Yeah. And the, the, the frustrating thing too with that is, you know, even if, you know, you find yourself in a smaller body that's like, you know, more accommodated by the world around you, mm. like the vast majority of people do regain, not because of their own personal failings, but again, because of what we spoke to before with just the yeah. way the body works and like the, the regain that naturally occurs within, you know, a year to five years after a weight loss attempt. So I guess my point in saying that is just like, okay, so like maybe you could control it in the short term and like, you know, get your body to this place where it's, it feels better accommodated and more accepted in some ways. But like if the end result of that is, you know, just kind of ending back, that's again, it's like kind of this terrible mental health um, puzzle where it's like you end up kind of worse off because it's like you put all this energy and time and like so much of your own like worth into your ability to like shrink and then you end up not being that size perhaps, you know, and that's just, that's really difficult, I think. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's it can completely send your mental health down a spiral. I mean, for me, I was, I've been yo-yo dieting for most of my life and yeah, you just get to a point where you feel like a complete failure and that you have no self-control and no, um, and motivation because you feel like, well, you can't do this one simple thing of dieting yet. Uh, with the information that I know now, I know I wasn't failing and I know that my body was doing everything it could to protect me and keep me alive. But 
in that situation, in that moment, I just felt like I couldn't do anything. Like I was just like worthless, which is a horrible place to be, especially if you're already struggling to get pregnant and things aren't working out in that regard. It's just kind of a double whammy of feeling like your body hates you and it won't do the very thing that you most want it to do in the world. I have another question that I'm not sure if you, how much you'll be able to speak to, but I'm just curious is, um, you know, how much does like this whole process of like disordered eating and dieting and yo-yo dieting and whatever with your weight, like how much does that whole process impact fertility or does it? That's a really good question. It's not something that I know a lot of research has been done on. Um, it's not something that I believe that there's a lot of kind of information out there about, but personally I believe that dieting had a huge impact on me. Um, getting PCOS I think that um I was put on quite a low fat diet when I was younger and you know kind of pre when I started my periods pre-puberty and I do believe for me that that did have an impact on me then getting PCOS when I was 16 and then having um irregular cycles and my metabolism and you know all the things that go with PCOS um with my insulin resistance so I can see that in my own lived experience that that had an impact on me and you know, I believe that because of the culture that we live in, it doesn't just affect people in bigger bodies. You know, there are a lot of women out there who are in smaller bodies, but are doing a lot to keep themselves there. You know, a lot of disordered eating behaviors. And um, yeah, I'm, for me personally, I believe that there is a link there, but I don't know if there's any evidence out there to support that. Yeah, I'm, I definitely, I'm, I'm glad you shared your experience with that too. But I, yeah, and I'm curious to hear more about it eventually. But obviously, it's it's kind of in the early stages and something like that getting funding is. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> no one's going to fund it, right? <laughs> right. That's, that's part of the issue for sure. Um, so Nicola, I'd love if you shared with, you know, with everyone listening, and especially for somebody who like this message is very much resonating with they haven't heard this topic talked about like um and this is a concern for them um what kind of advice could you leave them with whether it's you know with taking care of their body or with you know increasing their fertility or whatever whatever kind of words of wisdom you have for that person right now Mm, i think the the most powerful thing that you can do is to start to trust your body so to really start to look at the ways and find the evidence that your body is doing the absolute best it can to support you in the environment that it's in right now. And just really tuning into that belief that your body is capable of getting pregnant in its current size, mm-hmm. even though you may have been told so many times that that's not possible for you and that your body will never be able to get pregnant. Um, your body is incapable of incredible things and it's doing its absolute best for you right now. So it's just, starting to lean into that belief and really kind of trusting that your body is capable of doing this. That's, that's powerful. (laughs) That in and of itself, I think the whole finding trust in your body again is not a message that we we get a lot from our culture. So that can be a powerful Mm -hmm. shift in and of itself. Um, Will you share with everyone where they can find you and maybe what resources or services you have to offer? Yeah, so I'm mainly on Instagram. You can find me at Fat Positive Fertility, but I'm also on Facebook with the same handle. And my website's nicolasalmon.co.uk. Um, I have a free guide that you can download, the Fat Girl's Guide to Getting Pregnant, which kind of has a first kind of few steps as to where to get started with this work. 
Um, I also have a book that's out now called Fat and Fertile, which I published recently, um, which kind of goes into some really useful tools and my own story um, and some research around this field. And yeah, I do one-to-one coaching as well. So if anybody wanted some kind of really more intense work together and support with this, then that's available too. And you do that virtually? Yeah. So I have clients all over the world. Awesome. Oh, that's so great to know. Well, thank you again so much for taking the time. I'm really, it was a really great to chat with you. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. All right, guys, that is a wrap on this week's episode. I will be back next week with another great episode. So definitely check in for that. Um, And like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, if you are interested in the intuitive eating and body image workshop, you can easily sign up through my Instagram page. I'm also posting about it, my stories every day. So check that out. It's next Saturday, July 20th, if you're listening to this as I'm releasing it. So um, yeah, get in on that. And then also, if you want to enter the giveaway to get one of my Diet Culture is a Liar stickers for free, um, I guess that's what a giveaway is. It is for free. (laughs) Um, You can just leave a podcast review within a week of when I post this episode and you will be automatically entered and I will let you know if you win. Um, that is all I have for you guys right now. So enjoy the nice weather if you're in a place like I am where it's been super, super beautiful out. Um, and I will catch up with you guys next week. All right. Bye.